This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A Athletics. of Wildcat Country, powered by Backcourt Marketing. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale, and Shane, I'll tell you what, this is a really, really exciting week, and wait, the basketball team really hasn't, actually, they haven't played since we last did a podcast. We're talking football, Shane. It's a very exciting football week. Can you believe it? We're in January and talking about a 1-11 team, and we are excited, and and before I, I turn it to you, I just, I just want to say this. We have one of the reasons for excitement, uh, Rayshon Speedy Luke going to join us uh, here in the next segment to talk about his commitment to the to Arizona and his uh, MVP performance in the All-American Bowl this past uh, Saturday on NBC. And we're going to have uh, an old friend of ours, TJ Benson, assistant coach uh, of the Wildcats men's basketball team, going to sit down with you a little bit uh, later on in the show to talk about everything that's going on with the uh, men's team and scheduling and such. So, Shane, uh, before we get to buy or sell, I mean, just so much to be excited about right now, right? Uh, in, insane. And it capped off by uh, getting the uh, the quarterback that we were hoping that, that Arizona would add. You know, I tweeted a few days ago that other than another caliber five, caliber power five quarterback, power five caliber quarterback, easy for me to say, and hopefully a couple of offensive line transfers. I think this class is has everything that I could have wanted on my wish list. And they got the quarterback with Jaden Delora, who certainly would look to make you look smart and that you you predicted several times that the, the Arizona starting quarterback next season wasn't currently on the roster. Now it looks like he is. He's probably going to be the guy. I don't. I, I don't know if it's a lock. I'm sure it's, he's not going to go in thinking it's a lock, but he probably will be the guy. Probably will be, uh, you know, Pac-12 offensive uh, freshman of the year. Uh, so hopefully they had a couple of O-linemen. Uh, as of this recording, we saw that uh, Jed Fish tweeted uh, out in the, um, he likes to do the sign language word for transfer. So they have enough, someone else coming in, maybe not O-lineman, because I know that they need uh, one or two. They ha- don't have a lot of spots to fill, but hopefully they'll do that. But uh, it's amazing, Eric. Absolutely amazing uh, that, you know, they, we didn't think it could get much better after T-Mac. And then we have the, the MVP of the All-American Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, you have uh, you're probably your starting quarterback for the next year, maybe the next couple of years. So uh, it's amazing. And uh, it's in, in the meantime, we're, while we're waiting for our, our, our top 10 men's basketball team to, uh, to play again, uh, we have a lot of good football stuff to talk about. And I am excited for September, I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is, boy, I, I wish it was September already. I mean, the fact that we have to wait nine months to watch this team, but we are going to go down there. I'm sure once again, Shane, I'm already uh, inviting you or not inviting you. I'm kind of basically- Do me a favor, me. do me a favor. Yeah. Don't book your hotel reservations in Pasadena yet, I, and, and Shane, uh, well, first of all, uh, no, I'm not going to, I never did that. I know, and I'm not going to do that but, again. You know, well, you were uh, I'm not going to do that, period. You were thinking about it, I remember, uh, I I remember was after it the, uh, the year after- uh, Someone. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was that was not my that was not my finest. All right. Number one. But we are going to go to the spring game again. I mean, with this team. Oh, sure. yeah, I, yeah. oh I really want to see what they're going to do. Yep. All right. Yep. Let's get into buy or sell. We have uh, we have three football, uh, two basketball and then a bonus question. OK, mm. number one, uh, Shane, are you buying that the biggest pickup for Arizona this offseason is not a five star commit in T-Mac or the four star MVP in Rayshon Luke? It is quarterback Jaden Delora 
uh, from Washington State. Yeah, this was something B.J. Denker said on Twitter the other day, that Jaden Delora was Arizona's biggest pickup so far in the offseason, and, and by wide margin. And I would have to agree uh, because, number one, quarterback is obviously the most important position in football. And two, Delora is more likely to help Arizona as far as a single player next season, he's more likely to help Arizona go from a, maybe a two to three win team or four win team next season to maybe if everything goes right, a five or six win team, uh, which could further bolster Arizona's recruiting efforts going forward. I, uh, I think symbolically T-Mac is still the biggest because it shows what this coaching staff is capable of, but in terms of more immediate on-field results, I'll, I'll go ahead and buy that it is likely Delora. Will I, will I buy this one? I'm going to say this is the biggest pickup that Arizona has gotten in the transfer portal ever. Uh, and I, I'm going to say, and, and I know they got five-star Devontae Neal, I think, early in the, you know, uh, at least in the transfer portal as it stands now, not as a, as a traditional transfer, but as a uh, you can transfer and play right away. Uh, I'm going to say this is the biggest one that Arizona has ever gotten. And I think it's the, the most significant addition, offseason addition, uh, to an Arizona team since Nick Foles, who sat, who had to sit, sit out a year. After Michigan uh, State, yep. Now it, but Foles, we didn't think of it because they had Matt Scott. You didn't know who was going to start. Yeah. But I think in, in hindsight, it ended up being Nick Foles. But I would say this is probably the biggest uh, pickup for Arizona. I mean, this guy was, what, all freshman Pac-12 mm-hmm. uh, in 2020? And he led his team to a bowl game in 2021. You almost have to feel bad for Gunnar Cruz because, you know, Cruz transferred out of there in 2020, uh, late 2020, saying, all right, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to beat out Jaden Delora. And now I guess <laughs> bye-bye Gunnar Cruz, right? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I know that, that since Gunnar Cruz already transferred, I think he'd have to wait a, he sit out a year if he wanted to go play for another uh, FBS school right away, or he could go down and play for, uh, for an FCS school right away. Uh, but as far as FBS, he'd have, so I, I don't know those guys are going to go anywhere, but they got the, what, five quarterbacks now. So, yeah, we'll, so we'll see. two, two have to transfer. I mean, you, you can't, I mean, if you're, no, I don't know, two or three of, of Cruz, Plummer and McLeod have to train. I, I think Jordan McLeod's gone. I think, I, I, I think don't so? think, yeah. I, I mean, because you, you're not beating out Jordan McLeod is through what five interceptions against Oregon is not beating out. He Jamie looked a lot Clark. better against UCLA. I, I think you're selling Jordan McLeod short. I think he's a power five caliber starting quarterback. I would put Delora ahead of him on the, on the depth chart for now, for sure. But I, I think high, more highly of Jordan McLeod than you do. Shane, um, do you remember, I believe the date was October 30th uh, at 34, uh, 21 Washington state over ASU. That is a, uh, the Arizona starting quarterback, uh, Jaden Delora beat ASU with a 28 to nothing start to that game. Mm-hmm. Delora, two touchdowns, 234 yards uh, passing, and he had a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, Arizona, I don't think, has very many players on the roster outside of Delora who have beaten ASU in their college careers. Good point. It's a good so point. Uh, you cannot underestimate how yeah. big a pickup this is. And it's been 10 years and, and counting since Arizona's beaten ASU in Sun Devil Stadium. So that, that's a fair point, Eric. Uh, okay, so the second question, we saw Speedy Luke, and we're going to talk to Speedy. Uh, really excited to, to, to talk to the MVP of the All-American game. I mean, he was just dynamic on Saturday, and social media was blowing up about this kid. Uh, are you buying or selling the fact that he will start opening day in San Diego on, I think it's September 3rd, uh, when they play the Aztecs? Yeah, I'll, start. Buy, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I, I think the tailback position is one of the 
I won't say easier, but maybe less complicated in college football to have success at right away as a true freshman. Just like I think rookie running backs can be instantly successful in the NFL. You don't see a lot of first-year players with a lot of success in their first year. The tailback position, though, can be an exception. Uh, so, you know, Arizona brings back a great deal of talent in the backfield, you know, including our guy, Stevie Rocker, uh, and they're bringing in Jonah Coleman, who's a national top yep. 500 recruit himself, along with, uh, with Ray Sean Luke. But yeah, I, I would think Ray Sean Luke has a good chance to be at the top of that running back depth chart heading into next season. You know, most of these buy or sell, I feel like you're jumping the gun sometimes with a buy. Uh, so I'm usually more on the sell side, but I, you're, in terms of buying right now, because I'm, I'm going to guess you're going to buy it as well, but we'll see. I, you're two for two. I'm going to buy this one as well. I'm going to sell this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, now I'm trying to back you up. And yeah. You see, you tried to back me up. No, he's not starting uh, the first game. No. You don't think so? Uh, Who is? No. Uh, Stevie, uh, Michael Wiley. Um, you're going to have an experienced guy. Now, these guys are going to play. I mean, Speedy's going to play. I, I almost put it as, Will Speedy over, get over under five carries against the Aztecs? Well, I like about, about him, though, as well, is and, and we'll talk to him about it, is you know, he can catch the ball, too. Yeah. So you can well, line him up. You know, yeah. Yeah. You can, you, can, you can uh, line him up with other positions as well. So, I, well, he'll definitely see some playing time. I'd be shocked if he didn't see playing time in that first game. OK, oh, but, I, I agree. Yeah. But I, I would I would go on a limb and, and I don't think it's that big a limb, but I mean, I guess it's sort of is. But I will buy that. I think he's going to be their starter going into week one. Yep. I do not think he will be the starter, but okay. uh, that we will have we have a long offseason to talk about that and a spring game. All right. Number three, after seeing Delora, Speedy Luke, T-Mac, Kean Burnett, uh, J- Jacob uh, Cowens from UTEP coming in at wide receiver. Anything short of four wins for this Wildcats team is would be considered a major disappointment. Do you buy or sell that notion? Uh, major disappointment? That might be a bit of an overstatement. But yeah, you know, with the Lord quarterback and a couple other decent options now um, at Jordan, with Jordan McLeod and, and Noah Fafita, I, I think Arizona is in good shape there. Sir. I, I would certainly like, like I said, to see Arizona add a couple of linemen in the transfer portal if they still have room who can play hopefully right away. Uh, they're able to get that, then, then maybe I'd agree on the major disappointment scale. Uh, on the defensive side, you know, they, they've gotten some good recruits and transfers, but they're, they're also losing some talented guys. Their defense overall was not too bad last season. No, it wasn't. Uh, it really but they wasn't. losing Don Brown hurts, though. Shane. Yeah, it does. It does. And, yeah. and so I think they might it, – it, it's tough because I think they're going to be dramatically better offensively, which – really frankly wouldn't take much for that to happen, but on defense collectively, they might actually take a bit of a step back at least next season. I don't know in the long term where they're going Agreed. to next I'll season could, could be difficult. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I look, I, I think this team is capable of getting to a bowl next season if everything goes right, but so, expectations wise, I think four wins, give or take is still fair. The home schedule looks good. I mean, with, with uh, Mississippi state, North Dakota state, USC, Oregon, ASU. I mean, if you don't have season tickets now, and I don't mean to sound like a, a shill for the program, but I mean, it's true. Like that is a really good schedule. I mean, you're looking at, at three top 25 teams, plus the champion of FCS, plus your, your hated you're, ca- rival. you're counting your money from Dave Hickey under the table there. Eric. I can see I, I am. I have not been paid. In fact, <laughs> I pay for my tickets, Shane. I know you do. I know, but I'm, just, but I'm, I'm totally I'm, kidding. Just, just for the record, I, yes. I am 100% kidding. Eric, yeah, I don't Eric, need Eric, Eric is a, is a diehard and goes to every home game that he can. So yeah, okay. Without the one game I missed. And by the way, we will not be talking about any home games that I miss next year that Arizona wins when mm-hmm. I'm not there. We're not because they're going to win more than one game next year. We 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 can say I that certainly helps. All right, so uh, I'm really excited about this. I I think the home schedule is going to be great. 
and this team's going to be very improved, but still things we need to, we need to figure out, which is the offensive line. And, and mm-hmm. I know that there are rumors we're recording this on Tuesday night mm-hmm. uh, of a, of another transfer uh, uh, coming in, presumably an offensive lineman. We don't know who that is. Uh, hopefully it's uh, Jaden Dolores, former teammate at Washington state, the center. Uh, but we will talk more about that uh, on next week's program. All right, let's talk a couple of basketballs before I give you my bonus question. Okay. Uh, Shane, there has been a notion on Twitter, and I think I got in trouble for suggesting it, so I want to see if you will buy or sell this, that UCLA, USC, and or ASU have been dodging Arizona uh, with their COVID protocols the last few weeks. Uh, Agree or disagree? Who'd you get in trouble with? I I said something when when the ASU game from last Saturday was postponed or something, I was like, oh, that's convenient. The Kyle Doggett in your case? Is that the guy? No, he didn't get on my case. No, I got... A few other people are like, seriously, even yeah. U of A people. I, okay. I mean, it's just a tongue in cheek. All right. Well, here, here's here's where I stand, Eric. I, okay. I think UCLA and USC, I think maybe they're less inclined to schedule Arizona right now because they can't have fans in their games for the time being. I don't know that's going to change anything okay. soon, but that's, you know, that's, you know, it's California for you, but okay. that yeah. more than this. Right. But I, I, think that may have something to do with it uh, as far as rescheduling. I, I think maybe they want to wait and see because frankly, they're big games. And if the roles are reversed, like if Arizona had a chance to play UCLA in front of fans in a month or, or play now without fans at home, wouldn't you rather wait until they, they we had a pack? Yeah. So, so you're saying they're dodging in a way they're dodging. Possibly. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that's possible. Uh, are you buying think, or selling that? Are you buying? I'm buying the possibility. Okay. I'm hedging. Right, okay. Fair. I'm okay. blatantly hedging. As okay. far as the issue, I don't think there's anything to that. I, I think the people get, I don't want people to get in your case on Twitter, but I, I don't think they're dodging Arizona. I think that they legitimately have COVID concerns. I think that they'll try yeah, to, make I, agree. Up, I think they'll try to make up that game as soon as they can. So, so, I, so I'll, I will buy a, I don't know, halfway, a third of the way on that one. Maybe. No, I'm buying it fully. And I'm not, and I, I that, that one of those three schools, at least, uh, and I think it's probably UCLA, you know, when you schedule a game against Long Beach State and not Arizona, I mean, there's no reason. Look at what Stanford did. Stanford hadn't played in weeks. They come off and they beat USC mm-hmm. earlier this afternoon yeah. without having played for weeks. They they weren't afraid. And UCLA was getting a home game against Arizona that the Wildcats wanted to play, and, and UCLA said no. So you know what? Yeah, I am buying that. They are dodging them. Uh, I mean, uh, and in these, I think I there was some Bruin fan who's like, I hate. I was reading something on Twitter that got me all fired up the other day. And I'm like, I just, I'm not one of those guys that's going to reply to idiots on Twitter that just random idiot threads, but yeah, UCLA is dodging. I'm sticking, I'm standing by it. Uh, no hedge here. Uh, number five, Shane, with all these, uh, all these kind of postponements and uh, makeup games, uh, do you buy or sell the fact that Arizona's tournament seating will end up being affected negatively by the fact that these makeup games are all going to be clustered together and the Wildcats aren't going to have as adequate rest as generally you would want uh, in February and March. Uh, no, I'll go ahead and sell it, Eric. I don't think that that's that's not too big a concern for me. Um, now, maybe, maybe the only thing I, I would say is, you know, with an eight-person death chart, you don't want guys to get too tired and, and possibly risk injury. But I, I don't think it's going to make that big a difference. I mean, it's, it's going to affect their city one way or the other because we never know what would have happened had they just played a regular schedule all the way through. But they're not the only team that's going to be making up some games maybe it'll be another loss or two in there i think the selection committee and i don't envy their job coming up is going to take some of those things in consideration think okay how many of these teams had to play this many games together just like they sometimes they factor in injuries here and there right so 
I, I I'm gonna sell it. I don't think it's gonna be negatively impacted, at least not at least not by more than a seed line. Nothing terribly significant. Okay. Uh, I think I'm. A, I think it could impact him one seed line. I think you're looking at a team that is either going to be a two or three in the tournament. I, I don't think they get to a one. I mean, unless they really blow through the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. But I think you're looking at a team that you know could go from a two to a three because they lose a game or two that they probably wouldn't have lost had the schedule been normal. How about that? Maybe. Maybe that that's fair? fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, bonus question: Since we, you know, we're going to talk to uh, Speedy Luke uh, coming up next, and you're going to talk to TJ Benson. Uh, I want to I want to go back to football before we before we bring on Speedy. Um, buy or sell, Shane. This is the most excited going into a football season, albeit we have nine months to go. But just from what you've seen this offseason that you have been since at least 2014. Before well, the season. Before. Well, I would say 2015 because I we didn't know how good they're going to be in 2014. Okay. All right. So 2015. Uh, you know what? I hate to say it, Eric, um, going back to me needling you about the whole Pasadena thing. Uh, I was excited going into to 2018. Kevin yeah, Summon's first year. Yep. They had a lot of talented guys returning, and I thought Kevin Summon was at, at worst as good a coach as Rich Rodriguez. And in hindsight, I should have known better for multiple reasons. But I was more excited then because I thought that Arizona, at least Arizona's definitely headed in the right direction. But, you know, is, if we're thinking Rose Bowl, we're thinking it's at least – at least two years, three years down the road, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought that that was within reach in Kevin someone's first year, and I was yeah. way off, obviously. But going into the season, I was very excited. So I will sell by, I guess, about well, about four years on your question. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. And by the way, I, this is, um, let me give you guys a, a gambling tip. There's a new USFL that is coming out here in the next few months. Oh, and yeah. there, there's a team called the Houston Gamblers. Well, if you can bet on them, I would not recommend it because their head coach now, Shane, is none other than Kevin Sumlin, who's going to be yeah. count, you know, counting his buyout money on the sideline. Yeah, that's right. So like 20 points. Yeah. I would if you're going to be a gambler and bet on that, you bet against it. Uh, bet against them. I would just say and there's some other bad head coaches in that league. But like Todd Haley was not a, a great head coach when he was at, at one point in the NFL. Uh, he's way better than Kevin Sumlin. So if the Houston Gamblers win anything, then most of us will probably lose. Yeah, I would agree with you, though, with Khalil Tate on the cover of Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. before 2018. That's um, another reason we should have known, right? Right. Uh, that That's why I would have put the Wildcats. I mean, I was so excited, as you know. I mean, you and I were doing Wildcat Country shows at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very, very excited. Um, so, yes, uh, I would say 2018. But, but But since then, I don't think I've been this excited about a football team going into – a season at least you know and we're nine months away since 2012 when Richard took over I was really excited about that year um and seeing what happened with Matt Scott it was a really exciting year like like we saw like we're going to see in 22 you had USC at home ASU at home and those were epic games um so will Arizona beat USC this year if they get Caleb Williams probably not but I mean the amount of talent that's coming there uh, this year if Williams uh, the dynamic quarterback who could be a Heisman trophy contender uh comes uh, to USC with Lincoln Riley they play at Arizona Stadium Bo Nix from Auburn was now at Oregon they play at Arizona Stadium defending uh 1AA champs or FCS champs North Dakota State um mm-hmm. Mississippi State who was uh, a ranked team before they choked in the bowl game I mean it's a, it's a great schedule plus of course ASU which Arizona will win that game this year I'm I'm, I'm I don't want to guarantee it, but I feel really good about saying that. How about that? 
I'm going to leave that one alone for now. All right, Speedy Luke uh, going to join us. Let's find out if he is the real deal. And then followed by TJ Benson here on Wildcat Country, powered by Backcourt Marketing. Shane, on Saturday at the All-American Bowl, we saw an electrifying performance. But not only that, we saw the MVP of the game commit to the University of Arizona, which was absolutely unbelievable. Rayshon Speedy Luke from St. John Bosco High in California joining us here. He is that player that committed to the University of Arizona. But the crazy thing about that is, Speedy, you actually committed uh, in December and signed your paperwork then. How hard was it keeping it a secret and not telling anybody uh, outside of your family uh, up until Saturday? Uh, It was very hard. Uh, We wanted to bring it out to the world, of course, because of all the good commits that was coming to the school and not only that, other commits that was going to other school thinking that their school was actually turning out to be good. But actually, we were actually having good people come as well. It was just quiet and hush-hush. So it was actually hard. But we just overcame it, and we were like, man, it's probably going to even be better and be more more much exciting on, on television than which it was because I made it fun and exciting to watch. Ray Sean, you know, Arizona has been one of the most talked about stories during this recruiting period uh, because it's a team that went one and 11, just ended a 19 game losing streak. And they put together one of the top recruiting classes in the country, including yourself now. And I just want to get a commits perspective. Why has Jed Fish and this staff been so successful in attracting top high school athletes like yourself, especially after coming up off such a rough season? Um, I'll tell anybody, no matter where I play at, um, I'm all, like I said, I'm all in about building anyways. And me and my, pa- me and my family, we talking about making history where it hasn't been history before. And we want to make, we want to make a name for Arizona. Um, we don't want to go to the USC's, UCLA's. They already got the names, the Oregon's. They already got the players that have been there and already did the fantastic stuff. We want to make a name that hasn't been. We want to make history. We want to make a name for ourselves where that can be our name, that can be established. And that's what we all about, rebuilding. And I know the 2020 class, 2022 class can for sure make a name for itself at Arizona. And a lot of your uh, soon-to-be teammates have said the same thing. Uh, beyond your speed, Rayshon, and we saw at the All-American Bowl why they call you speedy, what can Arizona fans expect from you when you take the field in a Wildcat uniform for the first time? Oh, they for sure, they for sure, they for sure should know that as soon as I touch the ball, of course, it's touchdown. Um, that's how I'm going to run. That's how I'm going to play. Um, when in any in any situation, kick return, hopefully we get some 100-yard kick returns in, punt returns as well. Um, me being that slot, me just be me, just be me being a weapon and a playmaker for the team. Me being that running back with the long runs outside zone, inside zone, very simple. So, yeah, me being dynamic, they for sure should know that that's what I'm going to bring to the table. Let's talk about your two touchdowns on Saturday before being named MVP. It was just unbelievable. Can you just break those down? You know, your first one, two long plays and, uh, you know, just kind of tell us what happened on both those plays. So the first touchdown, uh, we've been dialing that up the whole practice. It was called Dragon. Um, I was on the right side. I mean, the left side, of course. Um, we go up the behind the tackle and guard. We kind of chill for three seconds, delayed, and we kind of like do a little, little, little like you're like a little – arrow but then you kind of come back to the to get some line behind the line of scrimmage so you can have room to wiggle and move and whatnot and that's what I did I caught the ball and luckily it was just green grass so that was pretty clear and fun for me and I just ran 
straight down the sideline and it was automatic touchdown. Then the second one, I just actually got done committing. And it was fun because I was just telling the commitment on the commitment show that like, man, I'm all down in and et cetera. So it was fun seeing that me actually coming out to the field on my first play drive. because I was supposed to start that whole drive. And I just took the ball and just kind of just did it. And, and before the whole pile kind of already scouted out because it was 4D linemen, one linebacker, two on the outside. And I knew that I was going to have to kind of jump cut because that nose guard was kind of like, 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 like just beating up our center or whatever. So he kind of just knife right in. And then as you can see, I could jump cut to the left. And then it was just green grass. And then I just wiggled down the sideline and just ran like a snake, as you can say. And it was over with it. It was, it was unbelievable because the social media reaction too, to yes. both of your touchdowns and your commitment, it was just, it, I, I can't remember anything like it uh, as far as Wildcat, the Wildcats go. I mean, everybody was just so excited. So I want to ask about that commitment. So we all saw, you know, you're, you're surrounded by the hats and in the middle of the game, it's gotta be a weird feeling to like stop. You already scored a touchdown. All right, I'm going to go. And you're going to do this whole interview. Just what was going through your head? You already had your decision made, but were you nervous doing that? Or were you like, all right, I'm ready to just get it done. Of course I was nervous. Um, being on the big stage, especially NBC, I was like, whoa, it actually hit me once the cameras actually came on. Cause y'all haven't, y'all didn't see, but actually, Behind the cameras, it was more people actually recording with just just being there. So it was like, wow, I'm mean, look. It was just, it was just like, wow, like you know, kind of hit me a little bit. But like you said, I was ready to get over with, get it done, because like I said, I, like I said, at the same time, I'm here to get a job done. So exactly, I was there to just get it over with. Let's talk about some of your future uh, teammates, Rayshon. You know, you, you and uh, Saint John Bosco went up against uh, some of them uh, when you faced off against uh, Servite. I know Servite, well, we won't talk about the last meeting with Servite, but I know you had a couple long touchdowns in that game. Are you looking forward to competing on the same side with some of those guys next season? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, competing against them, knowing how much dogs they were playing <laughs> against them, it was like now being with them, they probably happy as well. Like, man, I can't wait. Knowing that all I can hear is Speedy down the sideline or Speedy up. And same with me, teammate, Moss Balls, Keon Burnett, Moss Balls. I know for feet is just dying up and just being able to be a Kyle Murray in my eyes and being able to move um, AJ, Kevin, all those guys being able to move shifty quickness and even Jonah as well, being able to pound the defense or whatnot too. So playing with all those guys, man, I know I can't wait to be able to play with those guys because we're going to be dynamic. Yeah. For those who don't know, Arizona's getting a, a two top national 500 uh, running backs in uh, coming to, to Arizona in, uh, in Rayshon and uh, in Jonah Coleman, like you mentioned. Uh, for those who don't know, Rayshon, and I imagine most Wildcat fans are aware by now, uh, you go way back with Snoop Dogg, uh, who's yes. one of your Pop Warner coaches, right? Yeah. And you even received your invite uh, for the All-American Bowl from Snoop Dogg himself. Can you just tell us more about that relationship? And can we expect to see him in the stands at Arizona Stadium next season at some point? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, me and my dad were just actually talking about that. Um, yes, you will actually see Snoop Dogg down there, of course. We, uh, we're we like a family, like I said, that's like my uncle. Uh, we've been playing against him since I was little. He always wanted me to play with him. My dad always kind of turned it down and whatnot because my dad was like, you know, we want to play against the best. You don't want to be on the best team because you're kind of not going to – your game not going to succeed. So me playing against him was always good. And then getting the advice from him and Coach K-Mike, it was amazing because, like I said, we go way back. So we're pretty hippie because the Snoop League, man, we go way back. And it would be fun to see him in the stands, which you will, like you said. So, yeah. 
Did you see that clip that I think it was Sunday night with him and Blake Shelton that yeah. after the Sunday night game where they were talking? I mean, when you're watching yourself on TV, like national TV, and you got two stars that are talking about you, I mean, what does that feel like? Um, it was amazing. And like I said, I woke up in the morning and I just seen Snoop Dogg text at seven in the morning. And I was just like, he was like, I'm proud of you, nephew. Keep it going. And I was just like, thank you. Like, wow. Like, you know, all glory to God or whatnot, because it's good to have to have somebody like Snoop Dogg to be in your corner and be able to guide you and help you because he's been through a lot of he knows and he actually has a football organization. And so for him to be out and be able to look out for me and being on my journey, man, it's amazing. Yeah, we're really excited. Well, we hope to run into him at Arizona Stadium in the next few years. Come on, come on, Snoop, come on, say hi. All right, I got to ask you here, because I know that ASU is one of the schools that talk to you. What do you know about the ASU-Arizona rivalry and and how much hate is involved between the two schools? Um, I heard it's a lot of hate. I have talked to some of the players. I heard it's a lot of hate, but I really don't know too, too much of it. But of course, that's our rival. Of course, we're going to beat the mess out of them. Of course, we're going to play with a chip on our shoulders. So, that's all I have to say about that. You're going to learn real quick. No, no, don't worry. As soon as you get to Tucson, you're going to get filled in. Uh, I got two more questions for you, Rayshon. Uh, we really do appreciate your time. I know you've been doing a lot of media. Uh, we always like to ask, tell us something about yourself away from football, like a hobby or an interest or something that, that you do that maybe a lot of people don't know about you. Um, like me and my dad mentioned, I like to dance. Um, if I wasn't doing football, I'd probably be in on the backstage somewhere with Chris Brown. <laughs> nah, all jokes aside, but yeah, I'll probably be doing something like that. And I like even doing video games. I'll probably be in uh, playing money for video games or something like that. Madden 2K, I'm really into those. So, Are you on Twitch? Yeah. Where can people find you on Twitch? Uh, Rayshon Luke. Oh, easy enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> all right. yeah. All right, last question for you. Um, you know, when you put on that Arizona hat at the All-American Bowl and announced your commitment, you repeated that phrase that Jed Fish has adopted for this program. It's personal. What do those two words mean to you? Um, that meant for me is um, a lot of schools have uh, denied me not saying that um, I wouldn't have picked Arizona if a lot of schools came my way. But just a lot of schools have denied me and talked about my size and and that, that line meant a lot for me and my dad because it is personal and we can't play. We can't wait to play against the USC's, UCLA's, the Oregon's to show them that y'all, y'all, y'all got something on y'all hands. Y'all, y'all, y'all got pressure coming. So that line is very personal for me because, like I said, I have been turned away and I have been talked about my size a lot of times. And I must just prove a lot of people wrong like I've been doing. Is it September yet? I, I can't wait to see Speedy on the field. I mean, this is with with Jaden Delora and and T Mac and and Kean Burnett. I mean, this is this is so exciting. I'm just I'm stoked. All right, last question for you, Speedy. When you talk about you know uh, your your frame and your your game, uh, who do you pattern yourself after as as a running back? What running backs do you look up to and want to be like at the college and then later NFL level? Um, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, um, Barry Sanders. I really like how Barry Sanders move. A lot of people don't know, but that's really who I try and imitate because how he move, even though the game is not like that no more, you just can't bounce off tackles or whatnot. But just the way he moved, it was just like, and even Deion Sanders, how fast he was on a kick return, punt return, how he moved, how shifty he was, and how how much vision he has. So playing like those type of dudes, I know my game going to elevate as years go on. 
Well, Speedy, we really enjoyed uh, having you on Wildcat Country. We wish you the best of luck. We're so stoked to have you come to U of A, and we know you're going to be a star at the next level and beyond. So uh, best of oh, luck. Yeah, of course. And uh, hope to talk to you again down the road. Thank Eric. Thanks, Shane. I like. Thank you for having me on your show as well, taking the time out. Uh, anytime. I love doing the media. It's fun, especially for the U of A. bears down. Again, it's personal. Very glad to be joined for a second time on Wildcat Country by Arizona men's basketball assistant coach and recruiting coordinator TJ Benson, who's probably had more time on his hands than he would have liked over the last couple of weeks. Uh, TJ, thanks for uh, taking time to join us again. Uh, first question for you. Is this team going a bit stir crazy having been able to play just one game in the last three weeks? Uh, you know, I would say the answer is yes, but um, to be honest with you, I think our guys have been great in terms of, you know, every day just finding ways to, to stay motivated and energized. And, and I think there's, you know, some, some maturity that's kind of coming along with all this that if we want to be a really good team come – Come March, um, you know, we got to use this time to kind of get better and, and and work on things that can help us not only now, but, you know, potentially two months, three months down the line. So, um, no, I mean, I, like I said, they're, they're, they've been great coaching staff, everyone. I mean, it's not easy to, to have such a crazy layoff, only I think one game since December 22nd. But right. um, all in all, like I said, the, the guys have been awesome. Let's talk about the two games you've been able to get in over the last several weeks, uh, starting with Tennessee. Um, Arizona's only loss of the season, although your guys did a heck of a job digging themselves out of that ditch and nearly pulling it out. What was the message to and the overall mood of the team after that game? Um, I think everyone was was disappointed. Uh, you know, it was it was something where, I mean, hey, Tennessee was obviously there. They are a very good team and they came out and, and punched us right from the uh, right in the mouth from the get go. And to, to recover like we did and, and obviously have a chance to, to win the game or, you know, really, we, I think we tied it and, you know, missed a couple opportunities late. But yeah. um, to me to, to say like, oh, hey, we battled back. I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, we're not in the moral victories at the end of the day. And it was a great learning lesson for our guys that, Hey, I think that was the third game in a row that we hadn't gotten off to a great start. And I mean, it, it did tell, it did show us, Hey, we can come back in those moments in those games, but at the same time, we can't put ourselves in a, you know, 16, two hole to start the game where coach Lloyd's got to call it. He didn't want to have to call that timeout at the, basically, I think at the 15 minute mark, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I said, it, it was definitely disappointing to start that way. We battled back, but also, again, um, you, know, you don't want to have to to learn lessons through putting yourself in that position or losing a game. You know, right. you rather learn lessons by winning games at the end of the day. Yeah, and you know, it occurred to me after that game, you and Tommy Lloyd have only experienced two losses in the last season plus. Uh, to, to a national championship game with Gonzaga last season and then the game in Knoxville. Is it kind of a bizarre feeling at this point for you guys, for you and Tommy specifically to go back to the locker room after a loss? Cause it just doesn't happen to you guys very often. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of joke about that. Um, you know, the, the, the two years I was at Gonzaga um, and, and obviously I played a, a small role in that. And, and to me it was coach few and, and, and Tommy who, Hey, it was their show, but it, it is kind of a crazy feeling when you go through, a, you know, a calendar year and you've only lost two games. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, we, you know, we, we, we find ways to get better from those, you know, wins and losses. Um, but it is kind of a standard of basketball that I know Tommy's been used to for a long time. And, and I've only experienced that with him for the last two and a half years. But um, it, it's, it's what 
he does every single day with our guys in terms of holding them accountable, holding them to a high standard. You know, it's, it's, it's what he's about. And it's, it's not about, Hey, we're, this is year one. And he wants it to carry forward and kind of that it be the foundation of the way he does things for a long, long time. And like I said, to me, it's, it's obviously, it's great to, to go through that. Um, but it's something I know we want to continue to do. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's about making sure our guys understand that and, and where coach Lloyd is coming from it. Yeah. And, and off to the kind of start that maybe you guys thought was possible, but certainly not a lot of fans thought was the, they're going to have that kind of success right away. But you know, you've only had an opportunity to play one game since Tennessee. That was the home win over Washington. It's a tough game for, you know, close for about 30 to 35 minutes. How do you and the staff feel about the way that game went, especially after the long layoff? I mean, hey, Washington's a team where, you know, they 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 play that zone and they've been playing it a lot, a lot more of it lately. And it's not easy to play against. I mean, they're they've got a bunch of talented guys. And I think they've been kind of figuring out what their identity is and I mean, hey, they played us tough and, and we found a way to obviously kind of break away, um, you know, down the stretch. But you saw on their last road trip um, and how and how they did. And I, I think they're a team that's more than capable of winning some games in the Pac-12. But it's not an easy they're, they're not an easy team to play against. And um, I think they forced 18 turnovers a game. And we that was something we came up with. Hey, we we got to take care, take better care of the basketball. We did the same thing in Tennessee. We had too right. many turnovers. So um for us to have that as our first game back and kind of at least get our, you know, reacclimated to playing a game. And, and here we are going again in, in Colorado will be a tough one um, tomorrow along with Utah over the weekend. But um, all in all, I think there's again, a lot of positives. And, and for us right now, it's just, we, we want to keep playing games and for us to get out there and to be able to play against Washington, you know, even though it was about 10 days ago now um, I know our guys are excited and, and, and hungry to, to obviously, you know, have that opportunity still. Yeah, and looking ahead of those games, they're uh, currently scheduled at least uh, at home versus Colorado on uh, Thursday night, like you said, and then uh, Utah a couple of days later. Uh, the Buffs have won five in a row. They have the third best rebounding margin in the league. Uh, of course, Arizona's number one. But what challenges in particular do the Buffaloes present for you guys? I mean, Coach Boyles, someone, I mean, I, he recruited my brother a long time ago, so I'm, I'm very familiar with him and, and, and the way they do things. But they're, they're tough. I mean, like you said, they, they've won five in a row. Um, they've got a big front line. Um, it's, it's a game that I don't think we're taking lightly at all. And our guys shouldn't feel that it's going to be an easy one in any, you know, any, any way, shape or form. So again, tomorrow, I mean, they're, they're a team that I feel like they've, they've found a way to kind of continue to get better as this year's gone along. And um, whether it's their guards or their or their their bigs, I mean they're they're experienced, they're tough, they're physical. Um, and and one thing that they do a great job of is they get to the free throw line a ton and draw yeah. a lot of fouls. So I think that'll be a big key for us tomorrow is is defending them with without putting them on the free throw line and, and making them earn it by making shots. Um, and then obviously, like you kind of just said, the the rebounding aspect. I mean they're they're a very very good offensive and defensive rebounding team, and I think. Like a lot of games, the, the the war on the boards is going to decide a lot of things, and that's definitely going to probably be the case tomorrow. Yeah, I want to touch on on the, you mentioned possible foul trouble because that was an issue certainly in the Tennessee game, and now with an eight man rotation uh, with Kim Aiken's absence as opposed to a nine man rotation, how do you picture that impacting the team going forward, especially in terms of foul trouble or even fatigue, and especially when you have to play you know two games in th in three days. I think our guys, you know, they just got to be smart. Um, I think game to game, it's obviously going to change in terms of 
how it's called. Um, but those are things that we work on with our guys. I mean, I, I don't want to point it out, but I mean, Dalen Terry is someone that he's had some issues with picking up some early fouls um, in some games. And we've been working on a few things with him saying, hey, get through the first media without getting, you know, without picking up your second foul or even a foul. So then you have 35 minutes with five fouls and it allows you to, you know, pick and choose your moments when you can be more, more aggressive. Um, you know, so I think that that's something we constantly every day we're working on in practice with whether it's one-on-one, two-on-two, um, just different ways of, again, you know, protecting your hips, guarding the ball. It's something that, you know, like I said, we emphasize that a lot. And obviously with you, you talk about our rotation being smaller. I mean, hey, sometimes guys are going to get infallible. It's part of the game. And that's why, you know, we trust the guys that are on our bench to to obviously be able to fill in when it, when it happens. And, um, you know, like I said, though, it's it's definitely been, you know, something that's obviously we're very, very aware of. Yeah, I feel like all I've been doing is talking about negatives. You guys are the number six team in the country, for goodness sake. Let's talk about a couple of positives, uh, starting with Ben Matherin. And, you know, Tommy Lloyd said the other day, he's never seen a player, a player quite like Ben Matherin, just in terms of his skill set on a guy built like him. Are there any athletes you've seen coached who you might compare to Ben Matherin? <laughs> um, personally, no. I, I mean, I, I was, I haven't been at this level long enough probably to be around and guys that are quite that, you know, of, of that athleticism and that skill level. I mean, Hey, Grand Canyon, I had a lot of good players, Gonzaga the last two years. I mean, Corey Kispert was, you know, kind of along those lines, but at the same time, I mean, there's some, some things that Ben does that you're just like, wow. Um, you know, so for him, you know, he's a guy too, that I think he's a tireless worker. Um, I think he's, he's a great teammate. I love, you know, that's one thing that, you know, we, we want to have those kind of guys in our program and, and been someone who I think is really embraced being coached by Tommy every single day. And um, to me, that's, you know, you look at him and you always talk about the, the freshman to sophomore year jump and he's taken a big one, you know, this year. And I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's been very impressive and he's obviously, you know, it's, it's been a big part of our success and how he does things. I want to talk about my favorite guy on the team, Kirk Creasa, who seems like a guy, and I, re- I mentioned this to Reggie Geary last week, he's a guy you love if he's on your team and probably can't stand if he's not because he just because just of the way he, he conducts himself. What does he do for the team, not only with his athletic ability, and he had a great game against Washington, but with the, the manner in which he conducts himself on the court? Uh, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he, he kind of is our, the heartbeat of our team. Uh, I think him and Dale and Terry both, you know, they bring the juice and, you know, Kerr, I think for him, he's, he's obviously someone that it, it, it gets him going, it gets his teammates going. And, and, you know, there's, there's guys out there that you, you need them on your team, you know, and for us, I mean, like I said, to me, if there's, you know, he's any shot he hits, I think is something that, you know, it, it just, it finds a way to spark us and his passing his, his hustle. I mean, like I said, to me, it's, it's something that, you know, I think he's also embraced his role as that guy. Um, you know, sometimes I wish he might rein it in a little bit in terms of maybe the chatter on the floor or some things he does, but at the end of the day, that's who he is and, and we love him for it. And, and like you kind of said, Hey, he's one of those guys that you, you love to play with and have him on your team and you hate to play against him. Cause to me, he's, he's obviously someone that if you don't know him, he can rub you the wrong way, but at the end of the day, he, he's an awesome kid. You know, and one of those guys, like I said, I, I I wouldn't have anyone else out there running our team right now. 
you guys have had some uh, a lot of adversity just in terms of um, fans on the road. Illinois, Tennessee were tough uh, road matchups. I'm sure when you were at Gonzaga, Gonzaga got everyone's best shot on the road, both in terms of the play and the, and the fans. I'm sure you're going to see that throughout Pac-12 play as well. The early experiences that this team got against Illinois and Tennessee, and knowing they you know they won the game at Illinois, they easily could have beaten Tennessee. How is that? Do you think going to prepare this team for facing hostile road environments going forward? I think it's huge. I mean, I think the two, those two games in terms of how big those arenas are, the fan bases they have, those guys, our guys hadn't experienced that last year. You know, I think a lot of people forget that is, is, is as much as you, you know, it, the games they played in the Pac-12 or in non-conf, whatever, it, a lot of, not, a lot of our main guys are sophomores who have not seen opposing teams or opposing fan bases. So right. Um, I think it was huge. Uh, I think Curry even said he's like, this is the craziest game, like talking about Illinois. And I think Tennessee might have trumped that after we played them. But he's like, this is the craziest fan fan or arena environment I've been in, been in before. So knowing that they can go into an opposing place and get a win, I think that did a ton for, you know, the, the mental psyche of, of our team to, to believe in how we do things. And, hey, we can go anywhere in the country and play with anybody. And um, I think going into conference play, I think, you know, like I said, that, that's definitely an area or something that prepared us to, to be able to do that because, hey, Pac-12 isn't going to be easy. No, 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 no doubt about it. Um, so, like I said, I, I think it's something we can definitely lean back on, um, you know, and if there are some tough, tough times and say, hey, we've been at some tough places, we can go in here and we can definitely win. Right, my last question for you, TJ, and we again appreciate you joining us once again on Wildcat Country. This um... New COVID variant has been spreading like wildfire, as we've seen throughout the sports world. I don't have to tell you. Is the team leaving it up to each individual player and staff member in terms of deciding how much contact to have with the outside world, or has there been a team decision in that regard? How are you all handling that? I mean, honestly, I, I think we we kind of keep our circle pretty tight to begin with. Um, you know, and obviously over Christmas break, there's not a whole lot of people around, anyways. I mean, we the guys go to practice, they go home. Um, they hang out with each other a lot. I know from a coaching staff standpoint, it's not like, you know, we're all out and about and doing those things. But um, to me, at the same time, we're trying to live as normal of a life as we possibly can, because I think that's a big deal in terms of keeping yourself sane at the end of the day. You know, sure. like, and that's, I think for us um, being around a lot, you know, be around each other every single day, you've got probably a group of 30 people or so. Um and we all love being around each other. So I think, you know, it's tough that these times are right now um, when you're around a lot of good people and, and, and hanging out with each other. Um, you know, what we're going through right now is just going to be kind of a, you know, a small blip on the radar because obviously we've got big goals in mind and what we're trying to do for um, the Pac-12 and beyond. Absolutely. All right, TJ Benson, we appreciate you joining us again. Hopefully we'll have you on the show again uh, before the tournament rolls around. Uh, best of luck this week and stay healthy, okay? Awesome. I appreciate it, Shane. I want to read you a message from Josette, a small business owner in Scottsdale. Josette says, Backcourt Marketing created a social media strategy for all of my gyms. They post engaging content every day and have really brought up the analytics on all of my pages. We meet to go over marketing ideas every month, and I really appreciate their personalized approach. That, in a nutshell, is the kind of return on your investment that you can expect when you trust Backcourt Marketing to fulfill your company's social media needs. 
This is a company that helps businesses reach their target audience online and build a brand that will crush the competition. They're a dedicated, knowledgeable team of brand advocates, designers, and creative writers who will help take your business to the next level. Make sure to get your business noticed. Call 480-744-6173. That's 480-744-6173. Or email team, T-E-A-M, at backcourtmarketing.com to get started. And remember, Backcourt Marketing is the marketing agency for those who love competition. Uh, very cool to hear from Speedy Luke. Uh, really excited to watch him on the field. Thank you to TJ Benson as well, who, who you had the chance to speak with. Uh, Shane, I stopped counting after the regular season when you beat me by three games, but uh, I nailed this national championship game uh, last night or uh, last night. Yeah. Cause we're recording on Tuesday night. Um, uh, Georgia was the better team and I know Alabama had some injuries, but uh, at least I got that right. I was pretty close you, on the score. Well, I was happy about it. I and yeah. I even said so that you know I I picked Bama because I just was in full believe it when I see it mode when you know Nick Saban coaching against his uh, former assistants, uh, and you know when Alabama recovered that fumble that didn't that looked didn't look yeah. like a fumble it was the most casual fumble recovery in history. And Alabama yeah. scored. You're thinking, or I was thinking, here we go again. You know, same old Georgia, same old heartbreak, and then they march right down the field and score. And and so good for them. Very excited for to see a different national champion. I know it's still SEC. I know it's uh, still uh, you know in in that same like that four or five hundred mile radius where all the national champions have come from in the last uh, several uh, several years. But it was nice to see. It was it was a fun game to watch. I mean, it was a little boring at first, but uh, happy that you uh, got it right. Happy that you pulled within, I think, what, two, three games of me for this season? I, I, stopped, I stopped counting. Uh, sure so you, you won the regular season. We're just going to leave it at that. But I'm very mm-hmm. happy that I got that one right. All right. Good for you. So we saw that legitimately there were two really good teams in college football this year. And, you know, some other – I mean, Cincinnati was good. Michigan was good. Ohio State was good. Baylor was good. But do we really need to expand the college football playoffs for anything other than, than TV ratings? I mean, or should we almost – retract it like we used to see with the bcs i would i wouldn't retract no i i actually i'm maybe in the minority thinking that i think four teams is fine mm. i'm okay with, with four now i actually wouldn't mind seeing it expanded too i think eight teams maybe have you know the five or six highest ranked conference champions and then two or three wild cards after that i'd be fine with that format as well but i'm thinking you know top four when you have how often, Eric, do you have more than four national championship contenders in college football, like bona fide contenders in a given season? You, you don't have that too no. often, you know. So, like this past season, the top four was easy, and I think if we, you know, we have the, you know, you add the top eight, you, you make it a top eight or a top twelve, you're still going to have controversies as far as who should be the last team in or whatever. But beyond that, think about the other teams that would have made it in a top eight scenario this season. You have. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Baylor, uh, Cincinnati was already in, um, maybe Utah. I don't know. Would any of those teams, do you think, really vie? And Ohio State, maybe? Really Ohio, vie? State. Ohio State, maybe. That's the only team I can think of out of the top four that maybe yeah, but would they vie got, for national yeah, championship. Yeah, I mean, and, and next year they'll be really good. I mean, you can already pencil in three of the four next year, probably yeah. uh, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State in the final four. Right. Well, what, what I'm saying is, you know, Oklahoma State, were they ever going to beat Alabama or Georgia? No. Notre no. Dame was never going to. Baylor no. was never going to. So, and I don't think Utah was either. Maybe maybe Ohio State, but that's the only team that I think is really outside the top four that would have a chance. So I'd be fine with eight. I think that would make things more exciting. 
but I think four is infinitely better than two. Yeah, I I was thinking about something the other day, Shane, and, and then we'll move on from this. Do you, you know, think about how it used to be back in the day where uh, it was not necessarily a de facto national championship game. You would have like Fiesta Bowl had set matchups. The the Rose Bowl always had Big Ten, Pac-12 in a way that was almost better, you know, because then we would have more debate. I don't know. I I used to enjoy the debate. You know what I mean? Well, I think when Georgia last won the championship, it it was what, 81? Yeah. They, They beat the number seven team in the country. And so that was not a, a, a direct national championship game. So if they if they had lost that game, their the team that beat them wouldn't have been the champions. You know what? You know be fun. Someone else. You know it'd be fun. Put all teams in their like scheduled bowls, and then pick two teams from there to go to the championship game. Have a committee to pick two teams from there to go to a championship. Eh, game. I don't know. You don't I like that? Little, I had a little convoluted and unnecessary. I mean, you know, these semifinal games every year are a train wreck. I mean, with the exception of like two. Shane, if you look at it, there's like two games over the last seven or eight years in the semifinals that have been good. Clemson, Ohio State was one of them. And I think Oklahoma, Georgia was one of them. Outside of that, I mean, has Alabama played a competitive semifinal game yet? I don't think so. Yeah, but but you have seen what I'm saying is I want to say even the the very first one, the very first um, college football playoff, we got the top four. I want to say it was the four number four team, Ohio state that won the whole thing. So expanding it to four was good. I I, I can't speak to competitive games. What I'm saying is the number three or the number four team is certainly capable uh, of, of winning the whole thing. You know, if you had the BCS format this year and, you know, Georgia might've been number three and not even had a chance to get in. And they were probably the best team in college. They were the best team all year. Yeah. Except for one game. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we go, I just wanted to mention uh, women's basketball team uh, fell to USC on Sunday. Dealing with 76, 67. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now uh, at the Oregon schools this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back. They're number seven in the country. Men's team number six taking on Colorado and Utah this weekend. So we will see uh, how they do. I'm expecting a 4 0 weekend between those two teams. Would you hopefully agree with we'll, that? Hopefully, we'll just, well, at the very least, Eric, hopefully we'll have a four game weekend and yes. we'll get them all in. That's all. I mean, I want. I hope for four now, and then we and the, that's what we should get. Uh, but hopefully, we get them all in. I, I, at this point, I just want to see basketball play consistently again. As always, want to thank our sponsor, Backcourt Marketing. Check them out, backcourtmarketing.com, and on Twitter at backcourtmktg. They always have some uh, some fun little uh, witty uh, comments uh, during games and uh, posts on during games, and we'd love to be able to interact more with them during basketball games. But the problem is, Shane, there really haven't been that many basketball games of mm-hmm. late. So we look forward to uh, interacting more with them and uh, seeing the funny tweets uh, on, on Twitter from Backcourt Marketing. Also wanted to thank our friends at All AZ Sports for producing the podcast, as always. Thanks to Speedy Luke. Thanks to TJ Benson. Thanks to you, Shane. Uh, and for another great show, for Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. As always, bear down. Bear down.